0: Campfire Chat is an entertainment podcast and you should not attempt any of the acts discussed in the show. Neither Campfire Chat or its presenters are liable for any harm or misfortune that falls on anyone who disregards this morning. Welcome to Campfire Tales. I'm Oliver, and I'm joined by... Uh,
1: I'm Dave, and uh, this is episode four, I think, so finally... Five. We should episode fi- five, Dave. Oh, so <laughs> finally, I can't count. Finally, I think we're getting into... That's bad. Finally, I think we're getting into our stride.
0: Yeah, I think we are too. Yeah, I uh, finished editing last week's episode um, just the other day, and it was really good. Excellent. I really enjoyed listening back to that.
1: Uh, you did send me that, but um, I've been having a few days off God's Own Beverage, so okay. I don't like to listen to them when I'm sober, <laughs> so, so I'm saving that experience for when I'm a little bit looser, a little Good. bit dangerous. So, um, Good. Yeah. Were you happy with it? You were, you were okay yes. with it? Yes.
0: Yeah, really happy with it. It turned out really Excellent. well.
1: I found I thought it was a bit um, fact happy, a bit fact heavy. I'd done too much research, perhaps too educational for your, you know. No offense to the listener, but it's it's he's, you're going to learn some stuff from that one, which wasn't the intention of this.
0: Uh, no, I liked some of the facts.
1: Yeah, I I spent some time on um, good, you know, reading books, going to the library. Maybe Wikipedia, something like that. Good. Yes. (laughs) So, episode five. Episode episode five. five. Um,
0: What have you been doing this week?
1: What have I been doing this week? Well, there's been uh, a degree of gardening. Good. But it's been quite uh, quiet. I did cry off today because it was raining in Bristol Mm -hmm. and it was really cold. So I cried off today. Which, to be honest, um, if I am being honest, which I like to be, I kind of knew I was going to do that last night once I'd seen the weather forecast. Yeah. Because it was, it was cold and, and just horribly wet. But mm-hmm. I, did do, I did do some jobs this week, and um, one was for... You know that phrase, owners get to look like their dogs? Yes. Okay. Well, this woman, she's a friend of my partner's. Right. Um... And she's kind of nice. She's just 60. Uh, She looks quite fit and well for 60. She used to be a teacher. I think she does um, kind of home tutoring for Mm -hmm. English and maths, I think. Well, I think that because she's got a massive plaque, you know, staple to her front wall that says, please come and be tutored by me. But Mm -hmm. she... Just after I started working for her, I couldn't refuse because she's a friend of my partner's. She bought two little dogs. Now, these are the size of... Uh, oh, you're a vegan, aren't you? But, aren't you, Sorry. Yeah, but I know what dogs look like. <laughs> you know what dogs look like? <laughs> do, you, do you know what a Greg's sausage roll looks like?
0: I know what a vegan one looks like.
1: Okay, it's probably the same size. Imagine yeah. that with tiny legs on it. Yeah. With a really shouty mouth at the front of it
0: (laughs) yeah i can imagine that
1: okay that's what these dogs are like and she doesn't look like that but she sounds like that she's really yappy she's just yappy 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 (laughs) yappy. and also i guess she's she's really finicky 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 she's really fussy about everything she she's hard up for cash yet she's paying me to pick up leaves from her garden where is the consistency what? of thought exactly? It's just, Jesus. But, but she's really kind of ranty and shouty and the dogs are the same. And even though they're little dogs, mm-hmm. they make small but very frequent packages of dog badness. And she does not, she wants me to pick the leaves up, but she doesn't pick up the goddamn shit
0: Oh, no. So it's
1: awful. And you don't see them. I've got oh. bad eyesight so I don't see them until I feel or oh. experience them through one of my other senses. It's oh, ghastly. no. But they're as yappy as she is. I went round there the other day and like, we're in lockdown by the way, we're in lockdown. So I went round there the other day socially distancing, gardening, in the open air, that's fine. And she's telling me this story about she went to the laundrette to wash her bomber jacket. She's right. in her 60s. She's not a fucking mod. And uh, she said in there were, were a, um, a couple, a male and a female couple, no masks on, she said. So yep. I went to the girl behind the counter who was, she told me this, was barely 18, clearly mm-hmm. not the owner of the establishment, Yeah. And said, hey, challenge them for not wearing masks. But the woman who wasn't wearing a mask, overheard this and kind mm-hmm. of said, if you've got a problem, take it up with me. At which point, yeah. my customer said, I think they were travellers. They were effing and jeffin'. She had an Irish accent. Clearly <laughs> travellers, clearly wrong And And was like, traveller racist to me. Oh, God. I don't, but I, that is, I'm not happy with that. I am no. really not happy with that. Oh, turds everywhere um, and the other thing, she wants me honest to shit, I'm not lying to you, she said mm, I don't like the leaves being on my lawn or my patio so um, could you prune them before the leaves fall off which is like chopping them down isn't it <laughs> and what the fuck is that so, that's, so my gardening's been quite quiet apart from this exceptionally lovely woman who's a friend of mine This is episode four, five, four?
0: Yeah, five.
1: Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, that's relevant. I'm still trying to get my level of intoxication correct. Good. So uh, what's your um, beverage of choice?
0: Um, currently drinking a nice pint of Spitfire.
1: Oh, lovely. A classic. A reliable yes. drink. Yeah. A reliable
0: and cheap drink.
1: Yeah, cheap. Yeah, I always <laughs> admire that. Um, I have been to Brewer's Droop again. And huh. Bought um, two and a half liters of rocket fuel.
0: Apple That sounds beverage. brilliant.
1: It's, it's lovely, and I haven't drunk for four days, uh, so it's probably. Oh, this is going gonna be to be good life. then. Yeah, it's really <laughs> making me feel young again, which is great. <laughs> the fountain of youth in apple good. form. Good. <laughs> uh, so, how are you coping with the lockdown? Because we're still in lockdown. Pub withdrawal syn- syndrome kicking in.
0: Um I, yeah I'm I'm been I've been all right I've been again just sat at home watching TV Yeah but you um, you've had
1: quite the distraction lately because you, your film was entered into the film festival
0: No yet my film is in a London lift off this year so it's been accepted That's a big so, thing that's a big Yeah I know thing. It's been absolutely mad yeah and, So I've just and, been promoting the film trying to get it out there trying to get people to see it um if you do go to lift off this year, um it's all online but tickets yeah. are on sale. Um if you can vote us for Audience Choice, that'd be fantastic. If you like the film, of course. But um yeah.
1: Vote for that film. Even if you don't like it, vote, vote for, for that it. film. <laughs> there's a there's a lot worse films out there, honestly. I've seen Sleepless in Seattle and some other Christmas film. Is that I don't think it's a Christmas film. But I saw your um link to your merch.
0: Yes, um which is uh, good. Yes, um, I'm just having a bit of trouble with Redbubble at the moment, but that should be back up soon. When you hear this podcast, um, the merch should be up then so you can get mugs, t-shirts, hoodies, stickers, all that sort of cool stuff, Yeah, which I, helps I, us make more films.
1: Well, you say cool stuff. I think you should go further. I want to buy a black spot thong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be great. You know, that would. My mum needs a Christmas present. She might well, look good in that. <laughs>
0: if I can find out how to do it, Dave, I will most certainly make you a black spot thong.
1: <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> hey, sex toys with the black spot logo. I'm going. Yeah. Oh, actually, they might be considered racist. They're not sure about that.
0: <laughs> I'm currently googling make your own.
1: Make your own thong. thong. Excellent. Um so apart from the gardening I've had quite a quiet week. Um, yes. Although uh my wife is working at, my partner is working at home today. Mhm. So as a consequence I can't wear my usual round the house clothes that tend to be rubbish. <laughs> I, I I I don't buy clothes but today I wish yeah. we had a webcam webcam <laughs> I'm wearing diesel jeans. Oh. Oh, yeah. Only because they were um, stolen off my youngest daughter's boyfriend. Because he happened <laughs> to leave them in the house, which is bad enough. So uh, so I don't, I don't buy clothes. It's not a thing I spend money on. You know, it's not because I can't spend money on them. Because I could make financial choices and decide to go to, you know... TK Maxx, Primark, Splash the Cash, that kind of yeah. thing. Maybe Peacocks if they were still in business, but I don't do that. And I was kind of thinking, I really have a um, a blind spot about buying clothes. More than a blind spot, mm-hmm. I I find it hard to understand people who spend money on money on fashion. You know, yeah, I'm the
0: same. Ever, I barely ever buy clothes. Yeah, only when it's necessary. Career. So only um, when it's absolutely necessary.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, If you need protective clothing or maybe some new pants because you've soiled your old pants, then Mm -hmm. then fair enough, you know, splash the cash. But but I think for me, it goes, it's a habit that goes back to when I was a student. Yeah. So some of those habits you form at a formative age, a formative year, formative experiences Mm -hmm. stick with you. And one of mine is, I think, spending money on clothes is, one, a bit arrogant and two, very wasteful. You know, it's not it wasn't in my top priority when I was a student. No. Yeah. So I'm not going to spend money on clothes. I would spend money on carefree drinking. Yep. Yep. You know, just proper drinking. I never missed a lecture, by the way. You got a first. Anyway, lesson aside. So I'd spend money on that, not clothes. I'd spend money on getting wasted, not clothes. Other student habits, mm, self abuse, you know, mm-hmm. that's free, you know, it's not clothes. So, but I think those kind of habits stick with you.
0: Yeah, student I habits. mean, I've never ever really bought, gone out and bought clothes for myself. It's not something I.
1: You've never strided into the centre of Swindon thinking, I need. Yeah, exactly. I need this. No. No, apart apart from pants. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I've got lost there thinking about my bad student habits. I have changed some student habits. Yes. Not the self abuse, obviously. Uh, wearing old clothes. Oh, I also I also get... This is where I get my clothes, okay? I'm wearing these diesel jeans because they're yeah. my daughter's boyfriends that he happened to leave lying around the house. <laughs> Why he took his trousers off in my house, I don't want... I imagine he spilled a drink or something. <laughs> well, let's hope so. <laughs> yeah, let's very much hope so. I will end him. Um, he hasn't got a job, by the way. How proud am I? Um, oh, all the women in my family make bad choices. Um, <laughs> But apart from that, uh, the student habit I have changed is when I was a student. This was back some decades ago. I used to pride myself on only spending five pounds a week on mm-hmm. food, as right. almost as a as a religion,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know. And then a really old my one of my oldest my oldest friend said to me, he was a student as well, but in a in London we met up during our student years and I informed him of this uh, attitude I had towards spending money on food mm-hmm. and he said to me, no, no, no Dave, no Dave, food is one of the best things you can spend money on because yes. it's uh, hedonistic, it can be good for you, it's nice to do, food, eating food is a very enjoyable process if it's good food and he just blew my mind so now I do hence the mystery fish now I do spend money on food Mm -hmm. and I have to say the mystery fish has been quite quite mysterious and also fantastic anyway um, it's a shame we don't have a webcam because I'm looking good I'm wearing my mm-hmm. daughter's boyfriend's diesel jeans. <laughs> I did wipe the cum off because that was unpleasant. <laughs> um, I'm also wearing a band t-shirt because it's, uh, I don't know when this is going out, but this is t-shirt band day. Radio 6 is band t-shirt day.
0: Oh, nice. I'm I'm actually, Now I look at it, wearing a band t-shirt as well. What have you got on?
1: I have on Drenge Strange Creatures.
0: Very nice. Excellent. I've got um swans. Uh Sunfucker oh. single.
1: Is that the one with the teeth
0: on it? No, it just says Sunfucker on it. Well that's good spans. enough for me. Which is my second favourite one I've got of theirs. I've got another one that just says, You fucking people make me sick. Which is my <laughs> one of my favourite t shirts to wear out on a night out.
1: <laughs> a classic, an absolute <laughs> classic. Oh, there's many places where I'd find that the appropriate t shirt to wear around Bristol. Many, many places. I've, okay, I've yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: So I've worn I was, it when I've been working by the bars sometimes as well. <laughs> <laughs> That's been great as well.
1: Superb. Yes. Superb. Well, I was, because like, of band t shirt day, I put the old Drengy t shirt on. By the way, a great album, different mm-hmm. to the first two, but I put that on. And it, it, it got me to thinking about um, uh, bands that have taken issue with me. Yeah. So I'm not trying to name drop. Okay. Okay. When I first came across Drench, they absolutely blew me away. Mm-hmm. So I got my uh, youngest daughter to paint in tipex or white paint the word Drench down the left-hand side of my mm-hmm. leather motorcycle jacket.
0: Yeah. So I
1: was riding around on my motorbike, looking cool, ob, with <laughs> Drench cool. written down my arm. So <laughs> I I googled what Drench means. <laughs> Do you know what it means?
0: Uh, I think you've told me this. Yeah, go on.
1: Okay, it's a Finnish word. Finland, the language from Finland. It's a Finnish word for kids. So <laughs> driving around with kids, it's like Gary <laughs> Glitter on a scooter with, you know, Touch Me written on it. Absolutely awful. But it got me to thinking, because I offended Drenge. I yeah. Did, uh, I met Drenge and I kind of offended them accidentally. I've taken, we've been together to see Drenge.
0: Yeah, we have. That was an excellent gig. Yeah, yeah. The, How did you offend Drenge, me, though?
1: Your mum said to me, Thank you for getting my son drunk when I put you in the back of her car. Yeah. <laughs> but, but no, 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 Drenge were coming on the album release tour of Strange Creatures. They mm-hmm. were coming to Rough Trade in Bristol just to do like a small gig. Yeah. And they'll sign the albums and the t shirts and the posters and that's that. So I was really excited about this. I got tickets for this. You had to buy the album mm-hmm. pre-release on orange vinyl, which is sexy, by the way. Nice. Uh, yeah, I played it yesterday for the first time ever because I've just got my amplifier working again. Mm-hmm. That's another story. So I walked downtown. So I live in North Bristol. I'm walking to the centre of Bristol to mm-hmm. run trade. I had a particularly bad back at the time. It was a cycle industry in industry a cycle injury which had been Mm -hmm. exacerbated by skateboarding so i was in quite a lot of pain but i didn't want to miss this thing so i walked down to the prince of wales on my own having a few drinks and popping painkillers tramadol and codeine Mm -hmm. so i am a bit swimming then i go to the Weatherspoons in the center of town the commercial rooms Some friends turn up. The guy who owns these jeans, my daughter's (laughs) boyfriend and my daughter and one of his mates is a lovely guy called Dylan. And I'm a bit three sheets to the wind because of the Mm painkillers. Still drinking, it's fine. We go to the little gig in Rough Trade in Bristol to pick up our lovely orange album and listen Mm -hmm. to the band do some tracks. Um, A rather bizarrely... Uh, There are two-piece. So they're the Loveless brothers. Their surname Mm -hmm. is Loveless. I forget their first names. One drums, he's the genius. The guitarist, also genius. But when they go and play gigs, they need a bassist because they need... Because you can do that in a recording studio, but when you're live, you need someone to be playing the bass. So they have this bassist who, coincidentally, (laughs) this is brilliant, happened to live... Uh, in a flat above an ex, an old mortuary in Sheffield. Mm-hmm. So in this mortuary, uh, in the downstairs mortuary, my daughter was involved with a food project yep. uh, that helped feed the homeless and feed anyone. So it's a really mm-hmm. big food project. They've been given this premises because no one else is interested. So it's like a squat, but with this nice food kitchen going on. But upstairs, the bassist that they use happens to live there. Mm -hmm. So I uh, uh, coincidentally know his name, and his name is Ed Crisp, Edward Crisp. Mm -hmm. So when they come and play in Rough Trade in Bristol, instead of cheering for the band, I'm just shouting, Ed Crisp! Ed Crisp! (laughs) Ed Crisp and they they keep looking at me. The two Loveless brothers keep looking over the crowd, thinking, Yeah, that Kino's Ed Crisp that is a serious stalker. He seriously has over educated himself about our band. Anyway, as I say, I'm painkillered, I'm drunk. Mm-hmm. When the band come off stage, I've got my album, I've got my poster, I want them to sign it. And yeah, they're like behind a merch counter, so I walk up to the merch counter. They look like rabbits in the headlight. I mm-hmm. clearly must have eyes looking every which way. And I say, Oh, uh, lovely, I loved your first album. I, you know, I really like that. Fuck about is a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. This and that, this and that. Would you sign my stuff? And they're being um uh what would you say? They're being patronizing or scared, a mixture between scared and patronizing. Mm-hmm. And then they say, I'm terribly sorry. Bit in a Northern accent, a Sheffield accent, you're going to have to go to the back of the queue because you kind of queue jumped. So I look at them and I say, well, lads, you're good, but you're not that good, so fuck off. And I just walk (laughs) out. But as I walk out, I leave my album, my poster with my daughter who got them signed. And it says on them, uh, Dave is a fuckabout and bring me the head of Ed Crisp. So they're, they're really nice guys. But it got me to thinking, what other bands have I fucked off? Yeah, what? Uh, what? Do tell. Okay, this is great. I, this is a bit name dropping, but, right. but honest to God, I uh, pissed off Morrissey. Okay. Okay, this is years and years ago. Uh, the Smiths weren't particularly famous, but their first single had just charted, mm-hmm. and uh, I was on the Bristol University oh. Got a First, by the way, Entertainment's <laughs> Committee, and we'd booked the Smiths before they got popular. Before they got that big mm-hmm. single to chart. So we got them for four hundred quid, which even nice. then that was quite a lot for the quite a lot, yeah. Paying, but we got them for four hundred quid. Their manager tried to say, mm, Yeah, but now we're popular, you're gonna have to up the ante. And we said, No, the contract's signed, you're gonna have to mm-hmm. come and play, <laughs> which did not did not warm little Morrissey's heart. No. So they turn up, his rider most riders were like can you get us some speed or mm-hmm. you know we want lots of vodka but his rider i'm not joking this is gospel his rider was loads of gladioli you know that was that thing he had yeah. gladioli in his back all this so they turn up quite angry uh They come on. I have to say they were fantastic. Mm -hmm. I was stood right at the back of it. used to be called the Anson Rooms. It's only about 400 capacity because of fire eggs. But I was stood at the back wearing a flowery Morrissey S shirt, looking like a wanker. Yeah. I stood at the back and the whole crowd was in one mosh pit. Everyone was forward, which was brilliant. He got his gladioli and instead of like throwing them around in a nice kind of friendly way, he just yeah. dumped them off the front of the stage and was like miserable about oh. it. So I've had a go at Drenge. Morrissey had a go at me. The Fool, uh, yeah. Mr. Marky Smith, who has been in your parents' house singing yeah, to your mum, I believe. Okay. The Fool, I was on stage door. F- this went wrong. This went so wrong. So we're doing, I got roped into doing security for the fall because we'd booked them. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm stood on the stage door post gig. There's loads of people trying to get in. I'm fending them off because they're clearly not receptive to this because they had a fight between themselves on the way between the the, uh, green room, what you call it, dressing room and the stage, which is only about a 30 second walk. But up that hallway, they started hitting each other. It was when Brick Smith played with them. Mm -hmm. They had the fantastic backdrop, a dragnet, which is one of the early Fall albums, a dragnet Mm -hmm. backdrop. It's like a spider's web. Yeah, yeah. Um, So they've been a bit violent to each other going on. When they come off, I go straight to their dressing room door to stop people coming in. Mm -hmm. I run out of drink, so I go into the dressing room They've got loads of drink lined up on a table. I think I'll just grab a couple of cans and yeah. go back to the stage door because I can't leave the stage door and go to the bar. Mm-hmm. The minute my hand's on the can, Marky Smith is having a massive go at me, <laughs> being really like, horrid, You know, clearly not happy. Yeah. Uh, when we're trying to pack up to go, some cunts, oh, sorry, some <laughs> C-words, they might be penises, they might be cunts.
0: You, nitty- you can say that, stagnate. Dave, it's
1: sorry had nicked the dragnet backdrop they'd mm-hmm. nicked that whole thing and run away with it so marky e. smith was livid and we sent yeah. people out to try and look for this thing and he was so angry and northern and cross and we were southern and soft and rubbish that mm-hmm. he wouldn't leave the students union until we gave him a blank check <laughs> and Shit. he never got his backdrop back i know christ knows how much it cost him <laughs> oh that was embarrassing Shit. so uh, the only other band that have threatened to um, punch me in the eyes were the Three Johns. Do you right. know them? No, I don't. Okay, they're an old Leeds band. <laughs> <laughs> Surprisingly, three fellas called John.
0: Okay, I, I, I gathered that. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, I know. Not very imaginative. No. Um, called, them, called them the Three Barrys or something. But uh, they were due to play our freshers ball, which was the first kind of gig I was involved with and we had who did we have there was like lots of people on the list but they they had to come on first so mm-hmm. they had to come on at nine o'clock in the evening and they look out on the stage and there's no audience at nine o'clock because everyone's getting tanked in the bar and all this so they're, they're big burly lads from leeds and they say to us oh well you know i can't do a leeds accent oh you know oh
0: try oh, Dave, try to do a oh, leeds accent trams.
1: Trams, oh, trams, Lewis United. I've been down Peacock having a drink and eating cool. But they said, oh, We're not ganning that's Northern, that's Geordie. We're not coming on because there's no audience, which is a fair shout, to be honest. Yeah, fair but enough. We said, You've got to come on, otherwise, we won't get through all of these acts before we have to shut down. Yeah. And they said, No. And it too and for a bit. And they said, If you ask us again, we're going to beat you up. So <laughs> they went on when they wanted to go on mm-hmm. and, you know, that was it <laughs> god that was strange so i've been uh, abused by morrissey mm-hmm. attacked by marky e. smith uh slightly offended by drenge and physically threatened by the three johns good i don't think that is that name dropping i don't think that's name dropping. no
0: that's just tales from your past isn't it yes jolly good camp
1: campfire <laughs> tales from my past <laughs> I loved the British education system back then, grammar so school, university. Oh, oh, oh! Uh, uh, you were homeschooled. What do you mean?
0: Yeah, I was homeschooled. Yeah.
1: Yeah, which what? is which is great because your dad still tries to educate me periodically. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, yes. He sent me a little video. He knows I'm acrophobic, scared of yeah. fear of heights. Okay, so he periodically sends me horrendous video clips of people in very vertiginous situations. <laughs> so this one this one honestly sent me into a panic. It was a it was a guy walking skipping along like a razor-edged ridge massively high up. So when I and it induces my acrophobia. Mm. So are you scared of heights?
0: Uh we've had this conversation. I'm slightly scared of heights. Yeah, I don't like going up
1: okay well what it does to me is give me a feeling that rises up through the soles of my feet they feel Mm -hmm. kind of hot kind of nervy kind of uncomfortable and then if i continue to watch it which i always do i don't know why (laughs) it gives me a tingle in my legs and then that travels north to my Mm -hmm. groin okay so then i've got this weird feeling in my groin Uh, so it got me thinking about why why should this do this to me why why should it you know Mm -hmm. why should it affect me like that where did my fear of heights start so i was going back through my mind to think of early experiences where i had that sensation where Mm -hmm. i had this terror of being up high and the, the one that came to mind was um do you know there's a, like, it's not an urban myth, it's a truism. 1976, 1977 were massively hot summers. Yeah. Like, you, you know, there were standpipes in the street. It was it was hugely hot. If you went outdoors, you would get instantly mute. You would be red and blistery. It was ferociously mm-hmm. hot, like really, really hot. So as a consequence, you would seek out the swimming pool. Mm-hmm even yeah. if you couldn't swim so i couldn't swim but in my little town honiton home of great uk lace uh, there was an open air swimming pool mm-hmm. okay Th- this was uh we didn't have a cinema because uh, that got burnt down by the um uh, i was going to say Jippo then but that's offensive that got burnt down by um criminals. Uh, No, God, that's even worse. No, I don't mean that. Not all gyppos are criminals. Oh, my God. Um, Anyway, uh, so all we had was a swimming pool, an open-air swimming pool. They did put some kind of uh, inflatable roof over it just Mm -hmm. before I left Honiton. I don't know why. It was rubbish. It made it like a crap greenhouse. But before then, they had this swimming pool, open-air swimming pool. And it was really hot, 76, 77. So I went along there primarily to get into water. Mm-hmm. I couldn't swim. But um, there was an old guy, he used to sit, wearing a tweed suit and a hat and everything, even in that hot summer, he would sit at the bench, a little wooden bench, by the shallow end. Right. Yeah, yeah I know, I know. He, his name was Les. Mm-hmm. Uh, Les Hallett, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, he taught all the youngsters to swim. Okay. Okay. You've gone a bit quiet there.
0: No, I no, I'm following you. Yeah.
1: Yeah, okay. It sounds dodgy, but mm-hmm. not dodgy. But not dodgy. So he kinda of taught me to swim that summer. But before I was fully confident in the water, I was like ten, eleven. I would turn up with these massive flippers on you know flippers big yeah. rubber like feet extensions cuz yeah. you could swim really even if you can't swim with you can flippers swim with on, on those. You, yeah. can, you can swim so this was great but they also had diving boards at this place mm-hmm. so uh i think oh this will be cool this will impress the girls if i go up to that top diving board and just jump in not dive cuz yeah, that would have been certain death just jump in straight as a pin in i go Mm -hmm. But but obviously the diving board is at the deep end, yeah, right? So I I think I've got to have my flippers on because otherwise I won't be able to swim when I get in there. So I have my massive flippers on. I go to the top of the diving board. Mm -hmm. I look over the edge of the diving board and I feel uncomfortable. Mm. I feel this is too high. The pool looks too small. I might miss it and land on the... Perhaps a dodgy fella sat on the bench. Um, I might miss the water because it looks really tiny. Mm-hmm. I turn round to come back down. And there's like the big boys, the hard kids, already coming up the steps. So oh, there's fuck. no way I can bottle this. Yeah. So I walk to the end of the diving board. And just, here I go, here I go. So mm-hmm. I jump off. As I'm falling through the air, <laughs> yeah, I realise I've got the flippers on and i understand that when i hit the water the, f- the force on the flippers will fully fully extend my achilles tendons which Ooh. it did it was absolutely awful Fuck. absolutely awful yeah so i think that might be where my
0: um fear of heights started yeah that uh, yeah that sounds like it could do it <laughs>
1: At at the swimming pool, I have an older brother who was Mm -hmm. also at the swimming pool. But there was a girl there who was in his year at school, so Mm -hmm. like two years above me. But she um, didn't go in the water, even though it was really hot. And she happened to be wearing a rucksack. So Mm -hmm. I say to my brother, hey, why isn't uh, she going in the water? Because it's really hot. And he says to me, oh, no, 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 um, you see that rucksack, that backpack? I said, yeah. yeah, of course, you know. She said, oh, that's her um, that's her artificial kidney. Oh, shit, right, yeah. She's got no no kidney function, mm-hmm. so she has to wear it on her back. That's what that is. This is mm-hmm. 1976 or 77.
0: Mm. So I say,
1: yeah. oh, oh, God, how, how dreadful, how dreadful, how terrible for her. Um, and don't really think much of it. I just feel a bit sorry for her. It turned out she she wasn't going swimming because it was her that time in a menstruation cycle which right. is why she wasn't gonna mess with the swimming pool sanitary mm-hmm. products not as good as they are now i guess yeah but i always then had a had some like sorrow for her because she had this kidney in a bag on her back <laughs> which wasn't true so i'm like just a week later, she turns up at my house and mm-hmm. says, without the backpack, which I should have clocked, yeah. and says, oh, uh, I'm locked out of my house. I was hoping your brother was here, him being quite a practical man. He has built his own airplane, so he's yep. very practical. So uh, I was hoping he could help me break into my house. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, God, poor kidneyless woman. Uh, my brother isn't in but I will come and help you. I will come and help you. So we walked back to a massively posh house. The only window that was vaguely ajar was like on the third floor. So with my newly developed fear of heights, (laughs) but yet my compassion for the kidneyless woman, who had a fucking kidney anyway, (laughs) she just was menstruating, (laughs) I had to climb up the house, up the drainpipe
0: and break into her house.
1: So I think that's where my fear of heights comes from. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much that horrible, horrible experience.
0: Pretty understandable, um, though.
1: Yes, I think so. I, th- yeah. I think, yes. God, you should go into psychoanalysis. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be good at that. <laughs> Maybe can you explain my erectile dysfunction? <laughs> I don't oh, think sorry. I can do that, Dave. <laughs> no, sorry. right. I'm holding it in my hand, and it's called cider. <laughs> mm. So, I was... um other times when this fear of heights has let me down mm-hmm. um it's hard to communicate to other people what a disability it is how severe and uh how it can stop you doing things mm-hmm. so i took my partner on a lovely cliff walk and we're not near the edge or anything but just the shape of the cliff top i'm mile i'm not miles from the edge i'm like uh, 30 metres from the edge but this kind of shape, this cusp of the cliff top gave me this horrible feeling coming up through my feet the tingling in my groin mm-hmm. so the fear gets you and it's irrational it just makes you powerless so I had to crawl on all fours to try and get off this my partner laughs at me and takes photos, is that is that appropriate? No, no exactly, thank you very much it's not appropriate <laughs> Also I, I had to do uh, But in your case a, yes very appropriate. Uh, very inappropriate. No,
0: in I your case a... very appropriate because it's you. <laughs> in my
1: opinion, it's very appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not a good look crawling on all fours when you're trying to do a nice bit of West Country coastal path. It's no. rubbish by the way. Absolute rubbish. Not my finest hour. So I, I was a, uh, a best man for somebody. Yeah. And I wasn't in a particularly good mental space. So another good mutual friend of ours, a lovely guy, uh, arranged the stag do, which involved coast steering on the North Cornish coast. hmm uh, Are you aware of what coast steering is?
0: No, nope, I'm not familiar with that.
1: Oh, uh, steerings bizarre. So you turn up at a, if you're not a, a freelance coasterer you're doing it through a company, you turn up and they kit you out with a wetsuit that's as thick as a whale's blubber. Mm-hmm. This thing is protective, but it does restrict your movement and stuff. But it's really protective. So we went along, they kitted us out. Uh, we're all a bunch of crazy extreme sports fans, yeah. so this should be easy. They kit us out. I'm not good with heights. So the person running the event, was a very slight, young, blonde woman. She was really, like, uh, (laughs) slimly built, looked like a strong wind could have broke, uh, really nice bubbly personality, really great. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're all, like, extreme sports fans, dressed in industrial wetsuits. Yeah. So to size us up for this co-steering, she takes us to a cliff top. It's only about 20, 30 feet. From the top of the cliff to the water, she sits us all down. We're all kitted out in these Mm -hmm. blubbery wetsuits, and she says, "This is the first thing we're going to do." So I think she's trying to size us up. What you have to do is stand at the edge and then jump in, but throw yourself out a bit because there's rocks really close. So just throw you know, just Mm -hmm. push yourself out a bit. You don't go very far. When you hit the water, you'll submerge, but when you come up tap your head put both hands tap in your helmet you have to wear helmets to show you're okay and she's giving us this spiel and she's going through it more than once now i'm not really good with heights at all yeah so she's just keep saying this keep saying this and i'm getting more and more nervous more and more anxious i've got that feeling in my feet my groin it's Mm -hmm. all going wrong so i think you know i'm like a partial be- best man here i can't bottle it yeah. so while she's talking i just i just have to do it so i just charge at the cliff edge <laughs> i'm running so fast when i get to the cliff edge there's no way i can stop yeah, so i fuck. just have to go so i just have to go so i did manage to achieve that but <laughs> later later in that afternoon everyone else is really good at it they mm-hmm. don't give a shit they're back flipping off like 50 meters into like a paddling pool-sized bit of water. Fuck. It's horrible. At one point, we're climbing out of the water. I get the fear and freeze on the cliff, and the young woman has to let me climb under her, so she's like my protective "you won't fall off" thing. Yeah. She's about a third of my age to help me get out of there. <laughs> it, was, it was a very odd stag. Doing. <laughs> uh, we invented a game called human golf. <laughs> so, uh, the other the other best man two best men uh, the other best man uh, arranged to stay to camp in this place in mm-hmm. a field on north cornwall that looked over the sea and it was really beautiful it looked down some a uh, beautiful grassland onto a cliff edge it was really really lovely uh, so he arranges us to stay there for nothing pretty much which is great But um, So we're looking downhill, a long gentle slope, maybe Mm -hmm. a quarter, a third of a mile, and we're bored, so we decide to play human golf because someone had some golf balls and some clubs. So we get various people to stand down the hill between us and the cliff edge, while we belt golf balls at them, and they have to try and catch the golf balls. Now, if one of them, had, one of those balls, had hit them in the head, that would have been straight away hospital. So we did eventually draw a line under that because that was bad. That sounds brilliant.
0: Um, that sounds much more oh, much was, more fun than normal golf. Oh, it but was, that also it reminds was, me of. Um, do you remember, like, one Easter many years ago, we played Killer Frisbee? Oh, yeah, yeah. Where we'd just yeah. throw the frisbee at each other's heads. <laughs> yes. And we'd also, like, great, the side of the frisbee, so if you caught it it like cut your hand as well.
1: <laughs> yes, I remember getting quite bruised hands from that game. It yes. was great, though.
0: Yeah, fantastic game.
1: The, the other game we had, after we stopped the human golf, Yeah. the other game we had was one of the groom's brothers I think he had two or three brothers actually one of them died really young. Mm-hmm. He had two or three brothers, but he had made uh, the orange cannon <laughs> which right. was a series of baked bean cans where he'd knocked out the top and the bottom somehow glued them together into a long tube nice the one at the bottom of the tube this was about maybe eight to ten bean cans long maybe more it was Mm -hmm. quite long it was like a meter and a half long the one at the bottom still had its bottom uh, in yeah in in place but it drilled a little hole like an Mm -hmm. inch up from the bottom in the side what you would do was ram an orange down this thing, this tube. Through the little hole, he would pour lots of lighter fuel. Then he would light it through the little hole. And the lighter fuel would like burn. And yeah. the pressure would force the orange out. This thing came out like an absolute rocket. And it was deadly. We are all in this VW camper van. He, he walks in and fires this thing. If any of us had been hit by it, we would have been in hospital, (laughs) it just covers the whole of the inside of this camper van with orange. It was fantastic. Fantastic. But but the best thing about this was, like, we're extreme sports fans, we're rebels, we're whatever, but Mm -hmm. we care about animals, okay? We're not, there's a lot of vegans there. You know, much as I eat fish, they're a vegetable, not an animal, so I'm pretty much vegan. And (laughs) uh, there were some sheep in the fields between us and the cliff, And there's loads of sheep in the left hand field. There's just one sheep in the right hand field looking out of sorts. Mm -hmm. It clearly wants to get back to its other sheep pine what they call? Ovine? Is it ovine for sheep? Sheep. To its other sheepy friends. Isn't it? Sheep's. Yeah, to its (laughs) other sheep's friends. Chaffinch? No, Dave. Chaffinches. Chaffinches, like yeah, chaffinches. (laughs) (laughs) So it's it's a lost chaffinch, Ollie. It's a lost chaffinch. Yeah. So we're thinking, oh, poor chaffinch. It can't find its other fellow chaffinches, lady chaffinches. Mm -hmm. It needs to get back there. And these are all like dry stone walls breaking the ground up into like field areas. Yeah. So we think what we'll do. is really calmly heard the lost chaffinch back to its flock of chaffinch. Mm-hmm. And it has to go through a hole in the wall, which is a gate-sized hole. It's okay. like as wide as a bus. This is a big hole. Yeah. So fine. So we gently try, and bear in mind, this thing must have been listening to our mayhem for the whole weekend. <laughs> so it's probably not thinking these are nice guys, but we were nice guys. So you, you have to, well, will just like kind of herd you towards the whole way you should go through. Mm-hmm. It gets, after a while, it gets a bit freaked out. So it starts to like gallop. If sheep gallop, they don't. They kind of gallop. It um, gallops. I guess so. They charge. Heading, don't... They it was charge. Yeah, charge Charged. is more right. Yeah, charge. Mm-hmm. It, head down. Properly going. So it's charging vaguely towards the hole in the wall, the gate-sized, the bus-sized hole in the wall. Mm -hmm. But it gets it wrong. We're being really nice and gentle. We're not shouting. We're just trying to gently herd. It's like one man and its dog. It's really nice. But it's charging, head down, and it misses the hole in the wall, the bus-sized hole, (laughs) and smacks its head into this stone wall. Oh, oh my God. We felt terrible it got up again but it would you know it's never going to get an o-level a gcse oh, oh no years, it clearly into i didn't intend to talk about any of this <laughs> okay i've got i've got notes in front of me and they do not relate to anything of what we've talked about okay
0: well should we talk about some of the notes you've got in front of you then
1: uh well I was I was going back to... Um, I, I had a lot on um, Fear of Heights, I have to say, mm-hmm. uh, w- which was great. Um, oh, the other thing about that wedding, the wedding, okay, yeah. the wedding where I was the best man. Okay, the other thing about that wedding, in the evening, I was best manning it. It was a lovely wedding. Uh, there was like a band, Cheese on Fire, from argent Faux, mm-hmm. who played a great set kind of... Eastern European gypsy punk funk that was lovely really lovely uh, it was all really beautiful quite late on in the evening a guy taps me on my shoulder and says hey you're the best man you need to sort this out this woman needs to go to bed I said who is it she said it's the groom's one of the groom's brother's wives mm-hmm. she's getting a bit odd she's kind of coming on to all the young mountain borders. you oh, need to sort God, it out yeah So I uh, go and find her and she's being extremely amorous in an inappropriate manner. Mm -hmm. And so I release the guy she's focusing on from her attentions by saying, oh, hello you, Uh, what you need is another drink. So she's well (laughs) up for it, already absolutely hammered. Yeah. So I take her to the bar. I think we drink a couple of double scotches. And then I'm trying to get her back to her bedroom, but she drags me into a side room. No. She thinks it's a side room, but really it's the kitchen of this massive hotel. Okay. So she's looking at me, her back is to all the staff working in the kitchen. Mm. They can see the look in my eyes. <laughs> this is going wrong. And you know, she's trying to drag me in there for bad business. Yeah. So oh, it was really, really funny. Eventually, I did get her to bed. And in Good. the morning, she looked, she looked very shamefaced, extremely shamefaced. But the the other hor- it was a great wedding. But mm. The other horrible thing I had to do—they for some reason my hippie friend had hired a wicker weaver who weaves like wood into stuff in a little tent it was like an old school circus vibe so the wicker weaver was like weaving for the kids Mm, in the morning the groom says to me oh would you go and pay the wicker weaver and I'm thinking, well, yeah, I'll do that because I'm the best man. Yeah. But frankly, I didn't see the make fuck all. And I go in there and there's this hippie talentless ass <laughs> who strips me for 60 quid. I've never seen that again. it Back to my notes. Back to my notes. Okay. Other things. So, uh, other fear of heights thing. When I was really young, living on an air. I'm trying to think of all the things that possibly have given me this um, psychotic fear Mm -hmm. of being up high. Even standing on a chair can make me wig out. Was when I was really young, like five or six, I was living on an airbase in Nottinghamshire okay so there was like a rite of passage there just up from the housing estate was a little woodland which is mm-hmm. lovely and i've spoken about it before because it obviously sticks in my mind but yeah there was this one tree there a very prominent tree and oh actually there's loads of stories about this but this one tree if you climbed up about i would say somewhere between 20 and 30 feet were three small branches that had broken off or been cut off that kind of made a seat, made a bench. So if you were one of the cool kids, you could climb up that high and mm-hmm. sit on that three branch bench. And that would make you, that would put you in the top echelon of cooly kidness. Nice. Regardless yeah. of whether your dad was a squadron leader, a flight lieutenant, <laughs> a. Uh, not an admiral because that's a water-based thing, mm-hmm. some kind of pilot. Maybe you weren't even air crew. Maybe you were some grease monkey. No offence, Boogie. Maybe <laughs> you were that. But exactly. But um, if you could get up there, then you were made. So I'm like five or six, and I've seen all the big kids doing this. Mm-hmm. And it was a big thing. When anyone got up there, there were all the kids. So it's a lovely, safe place to grow up in. Yeah. There's loads of families with young kids. It's on an air base, so it's just, you know, it's a really nice place. Mm-hmm. You've got loads of friends on tap. It's lovely. But I was obviously drawn to those three branches. So one day, but I didn't know whether I could do it, so I didn't mm-hmm. want to do it with an audience. Uh, so one day when no one's there, I think I get up really early, I walk up, which is only about a mile, to the woods, the big tree with its three branches, and I think, I'm going to, practice this and nail it so when all the kids are around the cool kids the not so cool kids i can say oh i can do that get up the tree sit on the branches yeah so i'm climbing up the tree i'm wearing underpants and a pink nylon t-shirt it's the summer that's that wouldn't have looked out of place in the 70s no I mean, it'd look rubbish now, especially, <laughs> especially on me. But back then, it wouldn't look out of place. So I start, I get there, I walk to the woods, bit of adrenaline going. On one side of this tree, the far side, is mm-hmm. more woodland. On the near side, the side I'm climbing up, is loads of chopped, chunky bits of tree stump. So they've obviously been doing a bit of tree management, mm-hmm. a bit of forest management. And they put these huge, chunky, angular pile of shit, big tree stumps down there. Yep. I'm climbing up the tree uh, in the manner of a koala bear. So I've got my arms around <sighs> it. I'm, like, climbing up, climbing up, feet, arms, feet, arms, doing all this.
0: I mean, I've... am pretty
1: n- mo- Sorry?
0: I've never been a massive fan of climbing trees, purely because of I, the fear of going up high and then not being able to get back down.
1: Well, that's... that's- I'm with you. I'm yeah. with you. You're a sensible person, Ollie. That's why. Yeah. I I, I was five or six, a rush of blood, a, a, you know, a bravado. The big mm-hmm. boys were obviously something I aspired to. Yeah. So I'm climbing up there in the manner of a koala bear, but without all the eucalyptus high. <laughs> God, I wish. Um, so I'm getting up there. Apparently they're quite angry, aren't they, koalas? Mm-hmm. Well, anyway i'm climbing up there nylon shirt pants i get almost to the point where i can reach these three branches that form the bench yeah and it all goes wrong i lose like my right foot thing starts to slip it's only bark holding it on there oh fuck! and then then my left foot goes so i'm still grabbing the tree so then i start to slide down the tree this is 20 or 30 Mm -hmm. feet i know if i let go I will fall backwards and land on the jagged chunks of chopped up tree and be smashed to pieces. Even at five or six, I knew that was a bad choice. So I just grip the tree and slide down it and accelerate, accelerate. So at which point the nylon, due to the friction, starts to melt of my pink nylon T-shirt. It becomes one with my skin.
0: Oh, so it's
1: all melting together and oh, it's just fuck. horrid and the pain is intense but better than death I then walk home the mile in pants wearing a skin slash nylon t-shirt and get home and I'm a, uh, I'm a bloody mess of cut up chest absolutely awful so I think my fear of heights might come from that to be honest
0: That that has certainly scared me off climbing a tree ever again yeah. Yeah. That's like my you know, worst fear. I always
1: fear. get the urge when I see one. So you must have climbed a tree as a youth.
0: Oh, yeah, you? of course I did. But I never went like massively high because I'd be too scared to.
1: Mm. Yeah. Well, that's, that's self preservation. In, in case that's something good.
0: like that you just described happened to me.
1: <laughs> horrendous. Yeah. Absolutely horrendous. And I, uh, you know, to this day, that still makes me feel a bit weird. I can feel the pain in my mm. chest. It's really, really strange. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we can do the mystery fish.
0: Good. Yeah.
1: OK, well, well, last week's was um, uh, was rather it had depth. It had aquatic depth. Mm-hmm. Um, so it had huss or rock salmon. It's not like salmon that plays rock. It's not like Van Halen and some salmon. Yeah, it's uh, hustle or rock salmon which i did it so it's a white fish it's a cartilaginous fish mm-hmm. with a small bone running up the center it's not bony at all ignore that uh, i made a lovely spanish stew with chickpeas and hus, which is really nice a lot of smoked paprika mm-hmm. i had two sea bass that were fresh as a daisy which i roasted i had some octopus i did the classic mm-hmm. italian white wine octopus stew and and to round it off i had Two oysters. Oh. Beautiful which I love. My wife doesn't like them. Famous They're oysters. They're not slimy. They're not snotty. Mm-hmm. They're not whatever. They taste of a walk on a seafront with the velvety texture of oh, I don't know what to say without being offensive. But well, really lovely. They really still really sound
0: lovely. disgusting to me, Dave.
1: <laughs> what what no, no, you're wrong. You're so wrong. Imagine eating something really fishy with some lips and flappy bits disgusting really nice <laughs> really nice and today i had sardine fillets mm-hmm. if you dust them in oat flour and fry them they're like, they like they're like crisps on steroids <laughs> they're just really lovely so savory mm-hmm. so beautiful and good for you mm-hmm. also i had uh, a couple of plaice and a couple of red mullet we're talking flavor here mm-hmm. uh, but best of all i had a bloater
0: right what's oh, that
1: yes. a bloater mm-hmm. is uh, referenced in that old um, drama when the boat comes in that's my Geordie accent Jack mm-hmm. Ford canny lad when the boot <laughs> comes in uh, I shall have a fishy on a little dishy I shall have a fishy when the yeah. boat comes in I shall have a bloater on a little plate. it's a very Geordie thing a bloater is a smoked herring that is just the best thing in the world. Cool. Healthy for you. Mm-hmm. Smells like an ashtray. I mean, what's not to like? <laughs> <laughs> right, it doesn't look that good, but as far as the smell goes, it's a winner. <laughs> so that's that's been that's been two lots of mystery fish for one week. Nice. So this this is a value podcast. <laughs> About
0: Mandem Youth, Dem. Yeah, Mandem Youth. It
1: got me thinking about when I was young, and I may have talked about this, but are you aware of the custom that is hot pennies?
0: Hot pennies?
1: Hot pennies.
0: No, I know hot knifing. Is that anything? no no (laughs) i
1: know hot knifing as well very harsh (laughs) on the throat very early bedtime experience oh i love hot pennies i've done that oh no sorry hot knives (laughs) i've done that in years no hot pennies is different right where i grew up in devon we had this thing that was uh bizarrely the first tuesday in july after the 19th Mm mm-hmm Which is weird. So it's not the first Tuesday at all. It's the Tuesday after the 19th of July. Right. But it was a thing called Hot Pennies. So, where I grew up, on that date, Mm -hmm. you would have that day, you would have the mayor dressed in his full regalia Mm -hmm. marching down the high street. It was kind of a one horse town. So, it had one high street with a few houses off it. Basically, it's one high street. He would march down that town with a long stick, a wooden stick maybe 10 foot long Mm -hmm. holding it in front of him as he marched the stick would be garlanded in flowers until you got to the top and at the top would be a glove Mm -hmm. okay he would march downtown the town crier would be ahead of him shouting here comes the prick with the stick or whatever (laughs) and there'd be a load of people behind him and they would march till they got to a particular public house establishment Mm -hmm. At which point he would go into an upper window, an upper floor of mm-hmm. the public house. He wouldn't climb up the outside. Yeah, bit, no, he'd go up the stair. He'd go inside up the stairs. Then he would shovel out of the window hot pennies. Now these were coins that mm. had been heated up in an oven to as hot as the oven could possibly manage, and then he would chuck them out the window. Right. And me, as a young person growing up in this place yeah i would catch them because it's money and you're a kid yeah i would catch them and get as many as i could but they were so keen hot <laughs> i um, the minute you the second you caught them you would put them in your pockets because they would burn your hands but then it would make your legs really really hot one well, that's year, a cruel trick oh yeah, it's a really cool <laughs> trick one year i decided to hold up a uh Plastic bag, like a carrier bag, because I had one in my pocket. They melted straight through the (laughs) carrier bag, and not only burnt my face with melted coin, but stuff I can only describe as Devon napalm (laughs) all down my face. (laughs) This was the thing. So it got me uh, because I was thinking about the old guy teaching me swimming Mm. back in the day. You know, how did I get? acrophobia for your heights. So I was thinking about these old things from my childhood mm-hmm. and hot pennies was one of them. So I don't want to be too educational, but I, I started to research it and mm. it's like been going on since 1092. Mad. Yeah, it's, it's bizarre. What a fucking and weird tradition. It sounds nice, but actually it wasn't nice. No. It was like the landed gentry, the rich folks, the top of the feudalist pile, mm. uh, Trying to, like, say, hey, peasants, we're going to give you a bit of payback, but we're going to burn your hands and face while we do it. Yeah. We're going to make you suffer because we're the C-words of capitalism and you're the L-word, that's loser, of capitalism. Yeah. So it's Fuck really them. horrible, really, really horrible. But I used to go every year to get a few coins, to buy a few sweets, mm-hmm. to pay for plasters and emollient to get all my blisters. <laughs> so that was that. But the, that's really funny. Isn't that bizarre? It still mm-hmm. goes on. Get to Honiton the nearest Tuesday after the 19th of July okay. and burn your children.
0: Yeah. Cool. Fucking the, hell. The other thing mm-hmm.
1: so this got me thinking about weird things. So people should email in about this. What strange tradition does your town, village, city have that the rest of the world doesn't know about? Okay, did we mention the flamethrower?
0: Um, I I know that we have.
1: Okay, well let me tell you about the flamethrower. Okay. When I was a kid, I came from a broken home. I don't mean (laughs) smashed. I mean my parents were smashed and then shagged other people and then got divorced. So (laughs) that smashed. But um, (laughs) because of that, me and my brother had to do like the manly domestic. It was a sexist time. It was the 70s. -hmm. Had to do the domestic chores around the house, and one of them was weeding the patio. Right. No, no, that's quite a tedious job. As a uh, renegade um, socialist gardener, Mm -hmm. I find that quite boring even to this day. But my brother said, no, 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 no. We don't have to bend down to weed the garden. I have an idea. And he borrowed off a boyfriend of my mum's, I think, a really nice guy, a flamethrower. Wait, hang on. When you
0: say borrowed a (laughs) flamethrower...
1: borrowed a flamethrower that's as plain as day isn't it no was it hard to understand
0: was it an actual flamethrower or was it something he'd made that's a flamethrower oh
1: no 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 No. this was this had this had some power behind it this was brilliant so it was like a a small cylinder
0: yeah maybe
1: like think of a drain pipe Mm -hmm. two foot long a drain pipe uh with a valve on it a pressure valve on it you filled it up with petrol out of the end of said drain pipe thing mm-hmm. was a metal pipe that came out and then it doubled back on itself and then it was coiled bent lovelyly coiled around the bit that came out the middle and then there was an end point on it with a little like sprayer on it so what you did
0: jesus christ
1: you, i know you filled it full of petrol you lit uh, the thing that went up the middle of the coil Mm -hmm. and you waited some time and that would burn really hot but after a while it made the coil really hot yeah so what it's doing is pressurizing the cylinder and then the petrol goes up the tubey thing and then comes back the the heat in the coil has got really really hot so by the time the petrol gets to the actual end it's vaporizing it's that hot and then you light it. <laughs> and then it's mental. Wait, and so you were how we're old when he lent you this? Uh, I think I was I was still at little school. so would have been 76 when I was 10. Fuck. So I was 9, 10 or 11. And my brother was two years older than me. So we're, we're spraying this up the side of the house. And it, it's, it looks like the Dirty Dozen. <laughs> this is brilliant. So we're using this flamethrower. It was absolutely amazing. <laughs> so that's how we weeded the garden. With the flamethrower oh the other thing my brother did this is great this is absolutely brilliant ok the other thing in our house was a my dad was in the military mm-hmm. in in our loft I didn't know this I did not know this at the time I only found this out latterly after the event it was a 303 rifle so this is a bolt action yeah. rifle 303 rounds this thing is a beast I come home one day from school, mm-hmm. and my brother is ex- upstairs, extremely distraught. This is a little like seventies terraced house, like mm. new build, rubbish build, and my brother's absolutely distraught. So we used to get home before my mum got home. My dad was working away, mm-hmm. and uh, I say to my brother, "What were you know what's going on here?" Yeah. Um, I knew bad language quite early on. And he says, oh, he says, I found dad's gun, a 303 Lee enfield rifle. Fuck. And I've been shooting out of the bathroom window. Fuck. So this thing would kill a man at a mile. It's a proper rifle. It's a proper rifle. And I'm like, oh, shit, what's going on? And he said, well, I was sniping out of the bathroom window at the neighbor's roses. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that is that is dangerous that is so, very very know, dangerous. dangerous but the kick of this thing when you pull the trigger and the shot yeah. goes off the kick of, it's a 303 that's a bit yeah more. the kick of this thing had made him smash the gun because it kicks mm-hmm. made him smash it against the window frame and he cracked the sight that sits on the top of the gun mm-hmm. so it's not like a telescopic sight; mm. it's just like a analog thing you line up yeah but he cracked it on the window frame, so there's no denying that someone has got the gun out of the loft (laughs) then used it then broken it so all this information is coming to me uh, frantically from my brother but it's slowly i'm beginning to understand this so i say to my brother you're on your fucking own. <laughs> I'm going to leave the house till this is all done. Because I do not want any of this to taint me. This is awful. He's in pieces. What he does <laughs> is attempt to glue it. Never going to happen. <laughs> glue stash it. Dash it back in the loft. And stash it back in the loft. <laughs> this is brilliant. I get home after many hours hoping the dust and the ammunition have settled. Yeah and uh, I get asked whether I knew anything about it clearly I don't, no idea no, can't even to no. this day remember it no idea at all uh, they say nothing to my brother but the gun is never kept in the loft again Shit. it just disappears yeah. so my brother was firing 303 rounds <laughs> out of the bathroom window aged about 11 <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. Well, that Well, that's 70s dude. <laughs> that was the 70s (laughs) can you believe that shit man he could have killed many people yeah fuck he'd have been worse than Shipman for mass murdering honestly (laughs) thankfully he was a good shot
0: yeah thankfully oh now now he works for nuclear weapons honest to god that is honest to god (laughs) we're going to to put a disclaimer at the start of this podcast aren't we
1: oh yeah yeah uh Friends of mine and brothers who are made up may have done some of this stuff. <laughs> Personally, I'm just scared of heights and cider now, honestly. proper <laughs>
0: <laughs> Well, that seems like a good place to... Yes. Round it a good up. A
1: place to um, draw a line under this uh, made-up stories <laughs> of a character I'm playing online.
0: Yeah. Yep. Well,
1: so uh, yet again, Ollie, I've really enjoyed this. It's nice to um, get some of these things off my chest. I feel it's like uh, psychotherapy. Good. Uh, I feel better about my fear of heights. Good. Although I still have um, fear of uh, new-bought clothes and yep. fear of some fish products. Yeah. Apart from that, <laughs> I feel this has been um, uh, not as educational as the last one. But still, I think there's life lessons in here. If people are prepared to look and do email in, Yes, we will read all of your emails and respond appropriately.
0: Yes. Um, the email will be at the end of the episode, like always, and you can write in. Um, we are currently we're not recording these lives, so they're not going out live. Um, these no. will be recorded several weeks in the past. Um, but in our second yes. series, hopefully when we've got some more listeners we will be going out live and we can respond to your emails week by week as we record it um, that would be great to yes. do
1: this live would be great
0: that's what i want to do for the next series we've got three more episodes I, I, this I year think... probably a christmas special and then oh. we will come back again next year to do a second series which will be live and we can respond to all your emails and, yeah
1: I'm already getting the Christmas vibe and I also think there's room for special guests yes so you know the, the future looks
0: rosy the yeah, future looks very bright so be please Sorry do with rosy in my case <laughs> <laughs> please do follow us and keep up to date with the podcast um, it's been absolutely wonderful um, I've really enjoyed our time speaking it's like the only the only time I get to see no speak to someone really speak to <laughs> yes fuck I've had a bit to drink as well
1: it's always Oliver a pleasure as always
0: yes thank you ever so much Dave and we'll yeah, see you, you next man. week yep yeah, take care and catch you much. later bye 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 it was hazel bye